going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week from the for the Shriners Open. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Did you take down another GVP this week? <laughs> Not quite, no. No, I thought tonight, you did. Yeah. I no, thought you guy, did. We, we had some big winners at Run Pure Hoop took down the Millie. Yesterday, ah, that's what first it was. place for a million Wait, bucks. Didn't, so. didn't you take down the showdown last Thursday? I, last Thursday, I did. I've got that battle tonight. I won the uh, the King of the Beach ticket, and I got a. It's I didn't win it. I tied, so I have to play off tonight against FJ Bourne. So be a good head to head. Hopefully, there's a good screenshot later saying I got my first seat of the season. Love would love to get back into that, but uh, it's been a good run, Kenny. And this week, another Canadian. Decided to get the job done. We'll talk about that in a second. Of course, Mac Hughes getting the W. But before we get into it, I want to remind you guys very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by Prize Picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% on your first deposit bonus up to $100. Kenny, still no Prize Picks leading into it. We're going to get to that as the season moves on. But we are doing a bunch of other stuff. Like I've got NFL show going on over there every Wednesday. It comes out Wednesday night, Thursday morning on this channel. So subscribe to Mayo Media Network. But let's dive right into it, man. The guy, Mac Hughes, Straka, loses in another playoff. Last time I was there live, Willie Z got the job done, uh, then hurt his back. So hopefully Mac Hughes' back holds up after this one. But Mac Hughes got the job done at the Sanderson. Yeah, I mean, pretty impressive. I mean, we saw this past week. I mean, the, the talk was uh, being snubbed from the President's Team, a President's Cup team motivation with uh, Mac Hughes who really shouldn't have made the team. I was going to say. I, yeah, he really shouldn't have made a team, and he didn't, and it was a good choice, but he was up for it, okay? Uh, and, uh, of course, he went on to win, and Ryan Fox, who probably should have made the team, um, being one of the top 50 golfers in the world, uh, you know, he would have been one of the top half highest-ranked golfers on that team with a win this year, Um uh, yeah, maybe yeah. I know. Some people I, don't, I, just... I don't want to keep cutting you off, but I was, I was going to say spoiler alert. None of these guys were fucking snubbed. I can tell you that right now. They all just sucked and didn't make the team. It's they had great seasons on their own, right? Ryan Fox, probably the best of the bunch. But Ryan like the, Fox is the one that I would give. Yeah. I, even give then, I don't think so. Really good numbers. Because his game would stuff. work. His game would have worked at Quail Hollow too, with his length off the tee. He ain't uh, making that know, team though. He ain't making that team. Yeah, I mean, hey, I think he was them, I though. think he was the one snub. But okay. uh, either way, they both won. Uh and that that uh that Euro Tour event was crazy. If you saw that event on 18, uh Alex Noren was down by two strokes. And this is the road hole uh at St. Andrews. Yeah. And he hits it OB, but it bounces off the OB fence onto the green and gives him about a 40-foot putt for Eagle to tie. He hits his putt. And it's straight in the middle of the cup, but about two inches short. Uh, so that was almost some real wild shit happening over across the pond. On this side of the pond, not quite as wild. We did go to a playoff. Um, it didn't really seem like anyone wanted to win on the back nine. No one was really making big moves. Uh, I guess both Straka and Hughes sort of crept away from everyone getting to 17. Um, but there were chances for a lot of people uh, this past week. I mean, I was sweating Detry early on on yeah. thursday and friday and of course he fell off but he had a really good sunday um and then i also had hubbard um who you know i had a ch- had a chance going into the final round he was actually in the lead going into the final round and of course he was one of my bets last week that didn't um happen other guys have played well grio grio looking strong 
And the crazy thing about Grio, he's putting well, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, like I, I left him off my betting list. There was three guys this week up top that I was targeting at the betting where it would be Tom Kim, um, Aaron Wise, and Grio. Uh, and I can only afford to bet two of them. I left Grio out and I'm sort of regretting that right now, but I'm going to stick with what I'm doing uh, because I mean, the guy's been playing really good golf, couple of runner ups now. Uh, and now he did have that explosion on what 15, 14, where he had the triple bogey knocked him out of contention, but he was right there. And the guy's putting well. Um, other guys, Taylor Montgomery, a guy I faded last week. Again, putting extraordinarily well, but his iron game looked pretty good as well uh, this past week. A lot better than it did the week before. Uh, so a little bit higher on Taylor Montgomery for this week. Um, personally for me, good week again. Cash game cornerstones, uh, three or four make the cut. Figala missed the cut, but, you know, Detru is up there. Stallings is up there. Thank you, Tambo. Um, yeah, you knew I was going to tell you about it. Yeah, well, you know the thing is, Denny was fine. I think he was Denny, fine. he's th- he thirty. He came thirty ninth, but uh, he, your boy Montgomery, yeah. the original pick, came ninth, and then you went to Stallings thirteenth. But both of them yeah, were good. Uh, I knew that. Yeah. So yeah, so so it went for now. Uh, the problem was I had Hubbard and On filling out the rest of that lineup. So what you made me do is you had made me change from Hubbard to Smotherman, which oh, gave you the five. On. Which should have changed which, Benny. I did change. Uh, yes, that's what I meant. I oh, did change Ben on to, to Smotherman. And so that helped me out, gave me five of six, easy cash. Yeah. I've been cashing. I've been winning a lot here recently in the last like three to four months. It's been, um, I'm thinking I, I'm around a 75% win percentage in the last three to four months in cash. Um, and it's been strong. Now, the last time I was that good was in 2018, 2019, where I was a 75% win percentage for the year. And I had an 83% made cut percentage in my cash game cornerstones. Now, what I've realized is I've had to adjust. Um, now, you know, I went, you know, once, once it went to top 65 and ties, uh, basically ever since COVID, okay, you know, I, 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 I didn't really adjust after the COVID break. I, I've been keeping the same mind frame. And in this game and DFS, you have to be able to, not have your thoughts so locked in in one certain way to play because every time you play it's going to be different uh, and so especially when they made that cut the, the top 65 ties it took me a long time to adapt um and i went through a little bit of a down downward spiral but in the last four months it's been really really strong but it's been done differently than what it was when uh, I was really hot in 2018, 2019, you know, going like 83% made cuts on my cash game cornerstones. I'm not even close to that made cut percentage right now in these last three or four months. Uh, it's less than 75%. But the difference is, and if you've been listening long enough, you, you've heard me say this, being more aggressive in cash, going more upside in cash, not thinking too much about the cut makers in cash, because that's not the way to win nowadays. You have to have upside. You're going to miss cuts with the top 65 and ties. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'm sure someone out there does, but I feel like it's, it, it makes it at least twice as difficult to get six to six, even though you're only losing about five spots. And so what you have to do is you have to get that upside high. And that's what I've been doing. Like back then, I never rostered anyone over 10K. It was always 9K, uh, 10, under 10K is where I started. And, and, and little things like that, you have to be able to adjust in DFS or you're not going to make it in the long haul. 
Now it took me a little bit longer than I wish it did for me to change my, the way I think, the way I went about it because I was so successful in the past. And that was sort of a, a hindrance of me changing. But now, you know, I feel better about the cast. I feel strong. I'm back in the game. It's feeling good. I'm ready for this new season and I'm ready for it. I think this is going to be a big year for all of us here, Tambo. Uh, anything else from the event? Uh, real quick on what you just said. You just described exactly what I was explaining to you last week. Denny McCarthy, 9,900, safe. Cut maker, safe. T39. Yeah. Instead, yep. you go to Mont- – and it's not even results-oriented. We had the conversation before mm-hmm. these results. It was Montgomery on a top-10 stretch. By the way, a ninth place again, another top-10. And then Stallings, who maybe you don't think of him as much upside, but at that price, how he'd been playing in all the recent top-10s, top, even at fifth places in there, stuff like that it just had a little bit more. And that was, sorry, at that course. So I was like, at least if you're going to go that angle, go with the guy that can get you fifth here at this course. And it worked out. You got, you got 13th. So great, great on you. Like you said, adapting to the different play, getting after the upside versus just the safety. You're getting both right in golf. That's why it's funny in golf. We're like, it's a cash lineup. Obviously you don't want six guys in your lineup that are all 15% plus owned. That's not going to work out very often. But the point of what I'm trying to say is that sometimes in these, in these large field tournaments or, Higher dollars to single letter. You got two hundred dollars single letter with like fifteen hundred people. You can still have a lineup like yours get there because even though it's a quote unquote cash lineup, you aren't just jamming all the owned guys. I know you got a cash game cornerstone this week that I don't think will be very owned at all, but good recent form, like one event sample, of course. But either way, we'll get to it. Point being, you're building enough upside in that it can still get up there. Yes, you'll have some weeks with some missed cuts. That's okay in cash. Doesn't help in the tournaments. But when you do get six of six, you'll have more upside built into them than usual in the past where it was all floor and safety. Just make me a cut and I'm good. You've changed that style up. So I appreciate that. You've been after it. That's good. Um, On this tournament, then I'll let... Two of the the last 15 weeks I've played, I've won in cash with only three of six making the cut. Now, granted, I had like the winner in both of them yeah. but uh you know that's I mean, been your strategy you're saying i'm trying yeah. to build in people i can see win it or top five it. Yeah. and then it's not such a big deal where you used to build six made cuts and even that would go four or six but then no upside once yeah. it hit the weekend you you die off two three and sixes and, and five or six sixes. I, I, yeah i think the biggest change for me is not setting myself being so narrow-minded in the pricing yeah because that was a big thing like i'd never rostered anyone over 10k this has just happened in the last year uh, you know, when I've been trying to adjust to this new, to, 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 to the way cash is now, because it's yeah. so difficult to get six, six, so much difficult than it was before. Um, and so, yeah, th- that's just the way I've been going about it. I'm going to continue. We're going to work hard. It's going to be a good season. Tambo, he's got the GPPs down. This guy's winning a fucking GPP every other week. And hopefully I wish it was that often. Yeah. We'll yeah, it. yeah. And hopefully, yeah. And hopefully I can keep this cash game going and this is the perfect pod to listen to. You know, the combo yeah, is for, definitely good. And the entertainment what you stories need. you've got coming, we get a little preview before the show. We'll save that yeah. one. But there's going to be some good stories coming. Uh, back to this tournament for just two seconds. We can round it out and get to the new stuff. But uh, you mentioned like no one wanted it on <coughs> Sunday. It's just a product of the course or of the setup. I mean, like who's there, right? Grillo, Keegan Bradley, Mark Hubbard, Nick Hardy. I love this guy, Neesmith. But these guys just don't, they're not going to close a bunch. So you're going to have to like hope that they pay off in these spots. Burmeester was up there. Same thing. Montgomery just keeps doing it though. That was the one thing that stood out. So we'll see about that. And then other than that, man, not much else. No, no real big surprises. You know, the D tree call like you have was good. Grayson Sig, Garrick Higo, who's also here this week, Joel Damon. We'll talk about those guys later on. That's naming the whole leaderboard, but just saying not a lot of those guys you expect to close things out. One guy I did come around to last week uh, by it was about Wednesday in the Rumpier discord was Keegan Bradley. 
if you had his numbers in front of you and everyone was going to my, the answer was play both Montgomery and Keegan, which is what I said. But if you weren't playing Burns, I love Burns, but if you weren't playing him, playing those two together, Keegan and Montgomery had some, some decent shots up there at the top six of sixes, things like that, but just didn't find the the whole way there. But just saying, you got to look for that stuff in swing season. The ownership gap between them was significant. And we know why Montgomery was so high owned, but Bradley still had a lot of great things going for him coming into the week. He ends up beating him and you will, you could easily play both of them together. So keep an eye on that for stuff. When you're looking throughout ownership, when we get closer to Wednesday, but uh, we'll get into it. Kenny, you know, listener league was back. Dan Kimball, 42, uh, two-time winner. Two times, two times, two times. Uh, two times. That's hard to do. I swear. Yeah. I try so hard in this tournament and it's just hard to get to the top of this one for whatever reason, pick the exact one. You know, it's only a three max. I play one in it every week. Cause I want to leave spots open. Thanks to everyone. Last week, we filled it, got to the 500. That's why they ran it back. First thing this morning, you can go on my Twitter at toe tag and Tambo. It's out there. The link is ready. We're going to fill it up again this week. Keep it rolling through swing season, but shout out to Dan. He had the good lineup. Kenny he got the W. Yeah, solid lineup by Dan. I have a second win by him. He hit me up on uh, Twitter. So congratulations for win number two. We have a lot of multiple-time winners, at least five or six, maybe even double digits since we've been doing this so long. So good for you, Dan. Uh, His avatar is him, and I can't really see that. Well, it's either his daughter or his wife or his girlfriend. Well, we'll we'll keep it at that. But he started off with Emiliano Grillo, um, 20% owned in the Listener League. Of course, he finished um, in fifth place. It should have been a lot better. Yeah, that triple. He had Scott Stallings, 20% on again. Um, finished in 13th. Um, Davis Riley, 23% owned. Uh, he finished in, uh, let's see, 19th. Uh, Nick Hardy, 10% owned. Solid work there. DJ Nation uh, finished in fifth. 13, uh, finished in fifth at minus 13. Steven Yeager, uh, about 13.5% owned. Um, of course, he finished in, uh, where did he finish? He finished in 30th. And, um, Sung Hyun Kim, who's one of my favorite plays this week. We'll talk about him here in a little bit. Uh, three, three and a half percent owned. He finished in 13th place. What'd you think of the lineup, Tambo? Loved it. There's a reason he's getting back to the top. I mean, to me, it's all roster construction. I know you can pick your plays and guys you like, but as I always say, it's not who you play. It's how you play them. I mean, and look at it here. Three 9K guys, Stallings, Grillo, Riley. They were all 20%, but the difference is when you take out the guys at the top. So you take out the Burns and Thigalas. You don't have them in there. And then you go down and you don't have anybody in the 8K range. Reminder, Taylor Moore, Mullinex, Kirk, Clark, Woodland, Power, all popular, at least somewhat. Some of them are way more popular than others. Clark, I know, busted up a bunch of lineups. Mullinex, I believe, got to one under and he needed two. Like, I can't remember the exact breakdown of it off the top of my head, but there was at least two of these guys that busted most lineups. And again, I'm sure with everybody out there playing, the FOMO is there of, but that 8K range is so loaded. I got to get someone, but you don't. And by fading the top and fading the entire 8K range. And then also what we've tarped on so much in the swing season in the past years and this year, again, Kenny, this 6K range may have 90 guys in it, but it doesn't mean you have to play any of them. Everyone else looking for their gem or their diamond in the rough. You don't need it. Your gem was Kim at at 7,200 at 3% owned that did just fine. T13, 88 DraftKings points. Uh, it's like the fourth best scorer in the lineup, but it's still for 7,200. Didn't go down too far. So uh, I love the lineup. A lot of the guys I loved last week, Riley, Hardy, Jagger, talked to you about Stallings. He threw in Grillo and Kim, two guys off the wall, skipped the 8K, 6K, and guys up at the top all together. So shout out to Dan. Incredible construction, solid you know ownership across the board with a little bit of leverage mixed in there. And then 
you know, one by just under 10 points. So it's a good win. He'll take it second win back in the tournament of champions. And we'll see him in the three men this week. All right. That sounds good. Let's get, let's go ahead and get to this week. Let's talk about the Shriners over the PGA tour heads to Vegas uh, for the Shriners over from TBC Southern Summerlin Uh, TPC Summerlin has hosted this event since 2008. Uh, This is another event where we see a lot of golfers get their maiden win as 12 of the last 20 winners got their first PGA tour win here, including six of the last 13. Uh, There are a ton of golfers with local ties. You're going to be hearing it all week. Uh, uh, Scott Piercy. I have Kevin Nostel here. I guess that's that's from last year. Uh, (laughs) Scott Piercy, uh, Wyndham Clark, uh, Harry Hall, Doug Gim, Taylor Montgomery, Kurt Kitayama, Aaron Wise, just to name a few. Uh, that live right around and play that course very often. Uh, this course plays on the easy side. Um, you know, when you look at it, the you know, majority of winning scores have been in the minus 20 or better range. Uh, you know, you would usually think uh, that, of course, this easy would favor bomb and gouge technique, but they redid the course a few years ago to try and dissuade that. Uh, now the renovations haven't done much to make the course tougher, but it seems to have made the event more of a crapshoot than it already was anyone can win this event uh and the big dogs lose a bit of their advantage when the course plays this easy uh birdie making driving accuracy and good short iron play is a good way to start your research process this week uh tpc summerlin 7250 yard par 71 four par threes and three par fives uh the course plays significantly shorter than its actual length because it's nearly 2,000 feet above sea level at this high of an altitude, golf balls can travel as much as 10% uh, longer than normal. Two of the three par fives are reachable in two by the majority of golfers in the field. And even though the par five 13th hole will play over 1,600 yards, many golfers will still be able to reach into because of the extra length they will have due to the altitude. Plenty of eagles on this course too, especially on the uh, non-600 yard par five. Uh, now, outside of the 230-yard eighth hole, the par threes aren't too long, especially when you take into account the altitude. Uh, the fifth and 17th hole are around 195 yards, and the 14th is only 165 yards. Uh, the par fours are fairly short as well, as only the second hole and third holes are over 450 yards. No holes over 500 yards at the par four. Seven of the other uh, par fours are between 400 and 450 yards and two are under 400 yards with the 15th hole possibly being drivable off the tee golfers will see fairly wide tree line fairways that tighten up a bit after the 300 yard marker with a few fairway bunkers and light rough Uh, they have grown the rough here for this tournament the last few years but the length of the rough really isn't the issue the issue is the bermuda grass which uh, the, the Bermuda grass, which is the rough, which caused flyer lives and makes distance control a bit tough. Now, looking at the 2016, 2018, 2019, 2017, it was a bit of an aberration due to the win. But in those three years, less than 55% of the fairways were hit and the green and regulation percentage average was almost 75% for golfers that made the cut. So that 75% number is a bit misleading as the greens are large, but it hit, so hitting the fairways will be key in getting the ball in birdie range on approaches. Length off the tee is usually always an edge, but looking at the contenders here over the years, a lot of shorter hitters have fared well. When I talked about earlier where this is a crapshoot, this is what I'm talking about. Since 2016, 
five golfers have shot 61 or better at TPC Summerlin. They are Rod Pampling, Francesco Molinari, Ches Reeve, Lucas Glover, and Kevin Na. This group, not really known for their length off the tee. And they definitely skew towards more of an accurate off the tee type. The fairways play firm due to the arid weather, which will once again make the course play even shorter because of the massive rollout on drives. The trees are spaced out and not bunched together, so missing the fairways won't be as penal as it is on many other tour courses. But as I said before, it will make distance control an issue. If golfers miss wildly on their drives, they might have to deal with rocky native areas and desert vegetation. But for the most part, it's pretty wide open off the tee. Uh, golfers can still go low. Um, hold on, I just lost my place. There we go. Golfers can still go low if they miss the fairways, but seven of the last nine winners were all inside the top 20 in driving accuracy for the week of their win. Kevin now was one of the outliers about three years ago, but he went wild with his putter. He actually lost strokes tee to green and still won that year. Even with that hitting the fairways makes birdies more in play and it's almost always a shootout at TPC Summerlin. I'm not saying Bombers can't win. You know, we saw Bryson bombing drives at the U.S. Open a few years ago and still finish in the top 20 in driving accuracy for the week. Some Bombers might even leave their driver in the bag and play positional golf, which could be a prudent play based on trends and stats we've seen here over the years. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see large bent grass greens that look fairly flat, save for a few holes that have a lot of slope and undulation. Even though the greens look flat, they're going to be sneaky with how much break they will have on the putts. With the course being built on the downward slope of a valley, many putts will break more than they look like they will. Um, some local players say all putts break towards the Vegas Strip, which is in view from the course because the strip is the lowest part of the valley. If golfers miss the green, they're going to have to deal with over 50 greenside bunkers spread throughout the course and three-inch high Bermuda rough. Scrambling here has been tough over the years as the course routinely ranks in the top 10 most difficult courses on tour when it comes to sand save percentage and scrambling. But you must remember that nearly 75% of greens are hit here, so there usually isn't too much off the green work. And if there is you know, golfers' chances of winning are going to go down. Now, I'm not saying it's not important at all because, I mean, 75% still means 25% of fairway or greens are going to be missed. So you still need a little bit of short game uh, around this area. Now, the greens are average in speed with a stip meter rating of around 11. Front nine is a bit more difficult than the back. So that's something you might want to think about when it comes to showdown and stuff like that. Um, the front nine, a lot more difficult than the back. The last four holes will probably decide the tournament. Lots of risk-reward in these last four holes. 15, drivable par four. 16, reachable par five. 17, uh, par three with water in play. 18, tough par four. So expect fireworks on these last few holes on Sunday. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, man, you broke that one down good. Obviously, this course we know you got a lot on it. I appreciate that. There's just so much going on, but the scoring factor is huge for me. Like I had my stuff up from last year. I know it did pretty well. Uh, main focus there was on approach opportunities gained. You talked about those bigger greens so that gets it within. I believe it's 15 or 17 feet. It includes uh, birdies are better. DraftKings scoring in general, and then putting for whatever reason just pops up just a little bit more here. You talked about those bent grass greens. Sometimes that's the factor in it, but just 
uh, you know, something to keep an eye on. And then contrary to last week or contrary, I should say to last week, the Canadian in me there, the, the course history, uh, you know, it actually does pop up a little bit more here. Like I told you last week, it's had some ups and downs, ebbs and flows here. It's pretty consistent. Like Cantlay, Sungjae, Aaron Wise, uh, you go down the board, even Adam Hadwin, Matthew Neesmith, these guys, Matt Kuchar, even like they just pop up and not always the best of best results, but six, 34th, fourth, 27th, like they're mixed in where they're still doing well here. So just keep that in mind. Like you said, knowing well, the one thing I will say about it, that, what one thing I will say about that is that um, people who have never played this course before, don't worry about it. There's been a lot. There's been winners who have played, never played this course before. A lot of guys finishing high that haven't played this course before. So while I agree with your take that course history seems to pop up more here, I would not, rule that against uh, people who are playing debutantes playing this course but that's exactly that's a different angle it's it's like if they have bad course history and have played it they might just not play this course well if they have good and have played it they have not but really what you just said kenny Mm -hmm. is that taylor montgomery another top 10 incoming i'm rostering rostering him this week that's all i heard anyway when you said it like that that's all i heard so yeah so yeah i'm with you we can we can hop into it though Let's go to this 10K range. Let's go ahead. Only three guys up here. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll just go with it. Uh, how you going 10K? Just go with 10K. Who you got? Yeah. The stats say Aaron Wise. I, I'm just a, a M. Well, Wise is 99. I include him in this new world of uh, pricing. Three guys, okay. not, you know, you got to include them all. Include Wise. He's right there. I'm okay. saying that the, he's the one that pops up. The reason I brought him up was because I like the guy above him. Uh, we've seen this trend of guys playing well back-to-back at courses that they've won or whatever you want to say about the, this, the quality of it. I just talked about that. M to me is just a guy I want it, at 10, four. I don't know. Homa is obviously good on the stats. He's popping. He's playing great golf right now. He's great at the Ryder cup. It just feels like, again, ownership is going to be on Cantlay. So you can take your pick. I like Homa and him in the middle. Cantlay looks like the best on paper wise for the best on stats. When you go pull models and stuff, Cantlay yeah. odds obviously is a huge favorite. For me, though, M and Homa, right in the middle of those two. Those are the ones I feel like paying for that I like to, to pay up for. So we'll see as the week shakes out for, for Cantlay. But I'll tell you this, Kenny, there's a huge difference from 9,000 and up to below. The downside yeah. of that is from what we talked about earlier with the Listener League is if everyone's skipping the 8K range this week because of everything I just said, maybe that's where you can pick up some guys and, and play them in there. So when we get to the 8K range, we'll dissect it a little bit more. But I like M and Homa up top i just feel like the golf that they've been playing is just too good so i'm going to stick with it yeah sung is my first cash game cornerstone i thought about cantley uh but i decided to save the price and go with last year's winner of course sung won here last year um we've seen back-to-back winners two weeks ago uh <laughs> you know with, with max homa uh at the four if i remember correctly right right didn't he win the home didn't he win yeah. Didn't he win that back-to-back, right? Yeah, and, and five, five and we, different you know, winners we've had. Like, yeah. I know Rory's was a little bit extended over. Sam Burns at the Valspar. Can't think of all, Hovland at uh, Mayakoba. Mm-hmm. There, there's been multiple back-to-back yeah. winners at the Royal Hey, Another thing that we've noticed in the last couple of years, I mean, last year in the Ryder Cup, the, the, the big snubs on the U.S. team were, uh, you know, or the guys, I, I wouldn't say that. Two years ago, three years ago in the, in the President's Cup, you saw a lot of these guys come after they did their little thing in the President's Cup. A lot of confidence, uh, especially for the international squad. And you saw, what, Cam with the win, Leishman with the win. Um, you saw those guys do their thing. I, I think there's a little bit of merit to that because, I mean, these guys are coming off the President's Cup. This is going to be their first time uh, back since they played. And they played against 
the elite American squad and they held their own. Uh, I think that's really good for their confidence. Uh, and I think, they, like I said last week, they're going to be looking at this field. They're like, I should be able to whoop all these motherfuckers. So I, I like, I like, and it was definitely first cash game cornerstone. I really don't have to go into that too far. I'm fading Homa. Um, I, 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 now I play Homa on Homa tracks. That's the new thing for me. Just like Bubba, uh, three straight missed cuts here. Um, now, is he good enough to wipe those from his memory and win this event? Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, but I, I'm not going to play everybody up here, and I like Canley. I'm not going to go against Canley and this course history and being the best golfer in this field by a pretty good margin. Um, you know, so I, I'm going to play, and I'm playing wise too. I'm playing a lot of these guys up top. I'm playing seven guys in this 9K range. I already have them, uh, 9K and up range. I already have them up. Aaron Wise, I'm betting Aaron Wise. Now, there, I, I, I didn't bet can I didn't bet Cantley. I didn't bet him because the odds are just so short. I decided it was either bet one of them or I can bet two of the other three guys I like on the next tier. And the next tier is Aaron Wise, uh, Tom Kim, and Grio. Uh, those are three guys that I wanted to bet. I left Grio off the betting card. So I'm betting wise, I think 18 to one, I'm betting Tom Kim 22 to one. And Tom Kim is my second cash game cornerstone. We're going full Korea almost with the um, cash game cornerstones this week. I mean, and when you look at the numbers, approach game, good par four scoring, great. Uh, short par four is great. Hits a ton of fairways. This course really screams Tom Kim. Um, and I think he can win this event. So he is my second cash game cornerstone. Um, I'm going to play Grio. I'm going to play Montgomery. And then Hoagie is the other guy that I think that maybe ownership might pass up a little bit on uh, because he is so highly priced, but he showed a little, you know, he had that win and then his game went downhill drastically for months. Uh, and then the last part of the season during the playoffs, it's sort of, you saw his game sort of coming back up. His iron game was getting better. Ball striking was getting better. Um, and he's played this course pretty well in the past. So I like him as hopefully the low owned play uh, in the 9K range. But there's a lot of guys I like in this range. Tambo, what about you? Yeah, same way, same as you. Like I said, this, this is where you're, you're still good. 9K and above, the hoagie call you mentioned it. Cam Davis, I like him quite a bit. Again, you look at his numbers across the board, very solid coming in. I've got less love for Tom Kim than you do. I think this price is a lot. I know the young phenom, the superstar, we just saw everything at the President's Cup, all the love that he was getting there. But uh, you'll have to make a decision. But Wise and Taylor Montgomery, for me, are, are around him. They'll be popular, but I'm okay with that. Like I said, you got to play somebody up here. So Wise, Montgomery, Davis, and then I like your call on Hoagie. That's sort of the four guys I like most. Same with Grillo. Don't care as much. He's playing incredible right now, but it's not something I'm super – I just – I don't want to – Keep if he keeps putting the way he's putting, he's going to win at some point. Yeah. He's going to win at some point in time. I, I'd rather take my shot on Taylor Montgomery pulling through and getting that win. And, and, and I'd rather take my shot on Tom and Wise. So that's why I left them off. But yeah. it's going to be – I'm going to be angry. It's like you wins. said. You, if you, you don't have to do this way. You can definitely play multiples. I'm saying if you could only pick two here, you're picking Tom and Montgomery. If no, you could if, only I'm pick, pick two. if I'm picking two – yeah. Wise and Montgomery. You know, Wise and Tom. Right. Okay. And, and I'm and on Grill's like and right there. Grill's so close. Yeah. I, I'm okay with it. I'm on Wise and Montgomery there. Just making, you know, picking a couple guys in that spot. And then, like I said, I like Davis and Hoagie. 8K range, though, is where it gets pretty interesting because, like I said, there is guys that pop a little bit here. But if you look at like course history, 
not much. The stats, they sort of drop off compared to what's above. There's a couple in here that stand out. Like obviously Davis Riley we'll talk about again, but I don't know, man. Like what, what are your thoughts in this range? There's two or three that see I see. Like. See Wu. I'm going Korean heavy this week. Okay. I just got a feeling with the Koreans. Uh, they're coming off. They're feeling good. They're having fun. You know, they're coming off a really impressive performance at the President's Cup. Give me KH Lee. Give me Tom Kim. Give EBC me some JM. Give, give me, give me Siwoo Kim. Uh, he is my favorite play in this 8K range. I like Burmester too. Uh, slowly, quietly creeping inside the top 50 in the world golf rankings. Uh, the guy can play. Uh, came in, what, fifth this past week. Uh, give me those two guys uh, in the AK range. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with my guy, Pendrith. I, I just like his numbers. I just like his ability upside, all that that we talk about. So uh, I'm good with him. JT Poston stands out a little bit on the Bob numbers. Lag. I like it. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. I, I can go back there and I think the stats all bear out. Uh, Keith Mitchell, M- uh, McNeely, like just name it a few. But the ones I like most, Riley, Pendrith, and then probably Poston. The one, the Burmeester thing's interesting. I played him last week. He was much cheaper though. Now he's up to 8,500. So I don't know if we'll keep chasing that. I think that's where his price should be in this field. The guy's a good golfer. Just people haven't heard of him. People don't know who he is. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I would take a shot on, I don't know what, like, like I said, I, I like these guys that are a bit cheaper. Mitchell and McNeely. If I was adding another one in there at the bottom, just for a bet on talent, not doing nothing special lately. Don't pop heavily in the stats, but they're sort of right in that mid range on the stats. So I don't mind it. Mav doesn't have the best history here, but like I said, if you look at it from just an, a price tag perspective, 8,100 seems a little, if he had been 8,800 here, I wouldn't have blinked. I would have said that sounds about right for Mav McNeely. It's a little bit of value from that perspective. Upper 7K range. I like a lot of these dudes too. Uh, Detry is my third cash game cornerstone. The guy just makes birdies. If it's a birdie fest, play him. Uh, I mean, I think he finished what, 12th last week, but it's top five in birdies uh, in the field. Uh, the guy just makes a ton of birdies, and he has a good game. And uh, I guess uh, listening to the Pat show this morning, uh, I guess if you play, if you bet on Euros enough, he they, he called him the white Tony Finau, which is not the greatest comparison that you want to hear uh, for a guy that you bet because I bet on Detry again. Uh, but, you know, I'll take that at $7,900. You know what I'm saying? This price seems bad. Uh, I thought the pricing was pretty good. This week, except for Detry, I think it's too much value. Cash game cornerstone, number three, Mr. Thomas Detry. I like all these guys up top. I like Mito a lot. Mito is stat guy. Stats, they just line up. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the model uh, on that one, where he's first in strokes game approach, first in strokes game tee to green, top 10 with his wedges, first in short par fours. I'll go ahead and play him, KH Lee, TPC Lee. I'm going to go ahead and play him going off Another solid performance at the President's Cup. We are at a TPC course. This is his shit. Um, and I like Adam Hadwin, and I like Taylor Moore. A lot of these guys up top. I'm just going to name them all because I'm going to play them all. If I had to rank them as favorites, it would be Detch. Oh, and I'm playing Ricky Fowler. Ricky, Stole my thunder. Stole my I'm thunder. I'm playing Ricky Fowler, too. I'm playing a whole bunch of these guys. Now, if you want to know the order I like them in, Detry first, Moore second, KH Lee third. I you stole my thunder on the Fowler. I actually bet Fowler this week, which is crazy. I think I, mean, I thought yeah, about people, it. People aren't paying as much of attention, but uh, you got back together with Butch Harmon, got Ricky. I think it's uh, his name's Ricky Romano, new caddy on the bag. And we talked about last week with his old caddy, Joey Scovron, going over to Tom Kim. So 
interesting. Maybe they get into the final pairing on Sunday or something. That'd be crazy, right? Ricky with his old caddy and Tom Kim there. That, that'd be something. Uh, but I, I like him. Adam Hadwin, got to play this, the snub factor now. A- Adam Hadwin yep. got the snub last week, flop lag, and his boy Mackenzie Hughes got the job done. So maybe he gets fired up. And, of course, he's done quite well. I mean, look, look, look. The Canadians got to show up after what happened in the President's Cup. Mackenzie Hughes did good for you, for your peoples last week. He did good. He did good for your peoples he after what happened at the President's back. Cup. Yeah. But with, this might be one of those weeks, Kenny, where sometimes the, the Korean-Canadian combination just aligns, and all of a sudden we got a leaderboard of the Canadians and the Koreans, and people are seeing that and tagging us on Twitter. And hey, I'm, I, I, I'm seeing it this week. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm seeing it this week. The four Koreans that I talked about, Five because I got one more coming up. The four yeah. so so th uh, th tpc lee siwoo kim sung jm tom lee and sh kim guarantee all five make the cut. <laughs> all right, I, I like guarantee that. all five make the cut. I need someone to put that number out for me. Feinberg, if you're listening to this, talk to your people at whatever book that you are to get all those Hovland bets in where you do those Hovland win by three bets. And they listen to you. Give me all five of those Koreans to make the cut. I'm looking it up live while we're on here just to see real quick. If that's up yet on the book. If that, if that's up, that's what I'm betting because I'm to make the all... cut. Kenny, here we go live. Okay. We're doing this. You said Sungjae, Sungjae, Tom Kim, Siwoo Kim, TPC Lee, KH Lee, and SH Kim. That's the only one. I'm, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. What do you think it pays? 25 to one. Plus 378. <laughs> I was hoping for it. I was hoping. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's not worth the juice. That's not worth it. That's not worth the money. That's not worth the money. You could add some more to it. Do you want to want to add anybody else in? No, no. All right, we'll leave it. Yeah, you know, almost a good, almost yeah. you know, four, 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 four to one-ish. Like, four you know? to one, that's not bad. I was hoping a lot more because of S.H. Kim. I figured he was – What is, he, uh, is he's, he, a, he's still a favorite to make the cut, my friend. Oh, he is. So. He is. Okay, good. They're respecting my Korean people. But let's go ahead and talk about S.H. Kim because he is my final cash game cornerstone. I'm rocking three Koreans this week. Now, the reason I like Kim, if you watch his game and you look at his game on the Corn Ferry Tour and you look at his numbers – He's a poor man's Korean Cam Smith where his ball striking can be up and down, but his short game and putting is elite. Uh, Now, the good thing is his approach game this past week, exceptionally good. And now we're coming to a course where short game is a little bit more important than it has been the last couple of times out that we've seen him on the PGA Tour. So I'm hoping that he continues the short game uh, you know, he, he continues his good iron play from last week, has that short game for when he misses, and then he has that really, really good putter. Uh, and so that's where I'm going with four of my cash game cornerstones. My four cash game cornerstones this week. I forgot to do this last week. Apologies. But my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Sung Jay at um, 10,400, uh, Tom Kibb, 9,700, Thomas Detry, 7,900. And uh, SH Kim, 7,200. Still leaves you 14,800 to finish out the rest of your lineup. Other guys I do like in this bottom 7K range. Kurt Kitayama, a local guy, Vegas guy. Um, 
he, he, he seems to be measuring up really good here, really good on par fives. Uh, one of the top birdie makers in this field. Matthew Neesmith, pretty good course history here. Again, his numbers look really good, strong on approach, strong on tee to green, strong from 170, 150 to 175. The majority of approaches you're going to see 125 to 175 uh, at this course. Hubbard, another guy I'm going to play uh, this week. And then you go even lower into this low 7K range. Svensson, they're just not raising his price. Uh, I think he had a what? I, I'm going to keep playing him. Will Gordon down here. Justin Lower. Hayden Buckley. Lots and lots of people that you can go in this lower 7K range. And what that can do for you when you do your roster construction is what you talked about earlier, Tambo, avoiding this 6K range because there's going to be, it's, it's all minefield. That's what it is. And yeah. you, know, you get lucky, you get lucky and you step in the right spot and you don't get blown up. Well, good for you. Uh, now it's not like we're not going to go over some of these guys, but you know, if you get all these guys that I think the talent level at seven K, you know, at, at least recently, there are people in the low seven K, a lot of them in that seven K range where you can roster. And so it's one of those weeks where you don't need that many six K people. I don't think. I agree. The, the other guys, you know, I talked up at the top, but I just said Fowler, Hadwin, KHD with you, Seamus Power. Matthew Neesmith, though, at 7,500. He's one of my favorite. He had an I incredible like Sunday, went nuclear. Uh, a great overall week, to be honest. Then you go back and look at him here, 14th, 8th, and 18th. Uh, I'm fine with him. Stats check out. Great on approach. All those factors. So I think he's one of my favorite plays. Mark Hubbard is the wrong price. Not even being based off what he did last week. That's just a bad price tag. Uh, you know, you could play him. Woodland seems too cheap at 7,400. You want the flop leg, you go to Wyndham Clark at 7,400. If you liked him last week, you don't, you know, not that much changes where you can't go back to a guy like him. Chris Kirk, huge price break compared to last week down like 1200 bucks. Spawn, Merritt, and Jaeger. I like three Spawn. Guys. I like they can Spawn. just go low. That's where you play them is that courses like this. And then two of the older guys that I would throw in, that's all I really got in the seven Ks is Jason Day and Martin Laird. Just for, you know, pure talent and upside, just give it give it a shot. Like, play those as your flyers. I got no problem with it. After that, there's not much, Kenny. And like you said, even in the 6K range, there's only one guy I really want to talk about. So I'll, I'll actually start it off. The funny enough, I tweeted it out today. The One of the sites out there, open 365 days a year, tweeted out that I tweeted this out, but they posted odds for without so-and-so. So the first one they posted was without Patrick Cantlay the market where you can bet it because he's a huge favorite. The second market they posted was without Patrick Rogers and Sung JM, which was obviously a clear typo that they meant to put Patrick Cantlay, but it's just funny. And when you see something like that, you know, you just got to look at it and just say it's a sign, go bet it maybe. But funny enough, when you go pull the numbers, Rogers down here, then the pricing came out is only 6,800. He, to me, looks pretty good at 6,800. He's 140 to one. Maybe you can get a better number than that, but I got that with eight places. So we're going to get to betting in a minute anyway, but he's the guy I wanted to talk about most. You can name off guys, Kenny. There's Hostler, Fratelli, Harry Hall, Goderup, Eckroat. Again, this is what I was saying about Dan Kimball's lineup earlier, the one-hour listener league. Brandon Wu, Lipsky, Shank, Duncan, Michael Kim, uh, Smotherman. You keep playing these guys, and even if they have their ceiling week, I mean, if they win, then there's a problem. Yeah, you need that in your lineup. But I'm saying for the percentage they're going to be owned, how low it is, and for trying to make your stuff work, you don't necessarily need all of it. Mix some of them into your pool so that you don't have no lineups without 6K guys. But my point being, going down here and, and getting 10, 15 guys in your lineup 
doesn't usually have the payoff to it that you'd think. So I'd be very I do that sometimes when, when I like the 6K range and I yeah. think it's worthy. I, I'll go ahead and roster 10, 12 guys it's in the okay. 6K range. But in this week, uh, we said how much. Because usually what happens, usually what happens in those events where the 6K is strong, you have a, a really good field. And so you're going to have all those expensive guys that are elite. And so yeah. the only way really to roster a good amount of them is to have, you know, but, but we na- I named like I could have named 20 in the 7k yeah. range because of how strong the low 7ks yeah. are yeah that it's like I'm just saying I w- I'm not gonna not play these guys I'm not gonna build all my lineups like Dan Kimball did earlier I'm saying though that's what ends up happening right people need every di- they need every guy down here because they're worried they're gonna miss so and smotherman's finally gonna break through or Michael Kim's gonna bounce back he played so good coming into this and all these different factors where people go play everybody. And there's just not that many. And one, one last guy I want to say, 7K even, Joseph Bramlett. He's another guy that I'm on. But go ahead. Who do you got in the 6K range? Um, Matthew Wallace is intriguing. Just because what he said a couple weeks ago, I think it was – I don't remember if it was at Fortinet, but it might have been before, talking about how he's found something in his game. Uh, because, you know, he, when we first heard his name, I mean, he was a pretty well-known, valuable DFS guy. You know, and his game has sort of struggled here uh, recently, but it, maybe it's coming back up with a nice top 25 um, at Fortnite. And I don't think he's going to be owned. So I like Matt Wallace. I mean, Ekro, Goderup, Higo, those are going to be your popular plays uh, this week. And I, I, and I can see myself playing them. But I mean, other guys that you might not be that popular, I mean, Lipsky uh, with his elite iron play is someone that I can get behind at this event and Adam Shank who hasn't been playing great, but he plays well here. Uh, three top 25s in his last four tries playing this event. So he's another guy that I would give a shot to. And then you got long dong, Brandon Matthews uh, at 6,300 who played pretty well last week. Um, I think he got up to 11 under if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be mistaken about that, but we'll see. I, I'll have to go back and check, but another guy, maybe he can use his length to his advantage um, at this course. Um, that's probably it. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that's probably going to be it for me. Anybody else? No, man. I like the, uh, the shank call. Like I said, I mentioned him quickly there. He was one of the ones just sort of 6,500. That, that's the same thing. That's like I said, if you, if you just, if you have it or you need it, go ahead. Like that's the difference at the top of who is it? Like Homa up to Cantley, right? 500 bucks. If you're looking at Bramlett and, uh, and Homa, you can go with Cantley and shank. That's where, like I said, I'll just import the lineup and build it again with those two guys instead, because you're never going to tell me up top what it's going to be like. You're going to take your stance throughout your portfolio. But for me, that's how I do it. And that's why, you know, looking for those angles is always a good thing to do. I I like the shank call quite a bit, actually, at 6,500. All right, let's go to bets. First off, I got Aaron Wise. He's got to win here sometime soon. The guy's had what three top 15, three top 18s in his last few events has come close. Uh, I think his only win was in the fall, right? Was it, was it a fall event? Maybe it wasn't a fall event. Uh, I, I do know that he didn't get kissed, right? That's the guy who didn't get kissed. Is that yeah, Aaron it was Wise? By, that was at the Byron Nelson when they played Byron at Kennedy Nelson. Forest. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so, so I like Aaron Wise, 18 to 1. Tom Kemp, 22 to 1. I am angry that I, could, I couldn't afford. To, I mean, I could afford it, but I just my budget couldn't afford um, Grio, and I wanted to bid it. Uh, bet him so i don't mind that bet either i don't know what his number is probably 25 28 something like that is something i would think so aaron wise 18 to 1 
Tom Kim, 22 to 1. Mito Pereira, 50 to 1. Siwoo Kim, 55 to 1. Thomas Detry, 60 to 1. Mark Hubbard, 90 to 1. And SH Kim, 130 to 1. Like it. I bet two guys that have been a staple for me, Montgomery, 33. I got eight places with all these, by the way, these numbers. I know some got a better Montgomery number, but I do it with eight places because in the swing, in this swing season, anything can happen. He's a top 10 machine. So having eight places at 33, I usually do that from 50 and up, but you'll hear the rest of the card and it's mostly bombs. So Riley, 55, sticking with him, just the talent. Kitayama, 70. Guy I didn't mention earlier was Kitayama, by the way. His price tag's mid sevens, like him quite a bit. Fowler, 90, Woodland, 100, and Patrick Rogers, 140. So three guys, 90 and above, Kitayama, 70. So the two guys at 33 and 55, I got no problem putting them on the each way this week as well. And then two bonuses, Kenny, three. Actually, don't forget, Liv, Bangkok this week. Louie, these are all eight places. Louie with 12. I love that there's eight places. Like, that's the only thing. And then I only have two more, 50 and a 90. So I'm okay with it. Three bets only. Louie, 12 to 1. Peter Uline, 50 to 1. Saddam Kalkanjana, 90 to 1. All those eight places. That's my three bonus bets for you for live this week. Any live for you? I mean, just bet DJ or Cam. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, really? I mean, like, right? I mean, it, it seems like it seems like it lived. Those two guys are just on the top every time they play. I don't, and those are by far the two best golfers. Yeah, they I had Lahiri Westwood try to take down that they one. They tried, but they didn't. I, I would, yeah. I would, I would bet cam cam That's like eight, one of eight these. places with these guys what's like, cam like six to one uh it's not yeah it's something like that i have it here it's just uh i haven't even looked at live numbers i'll pull it up right quick because we have it here to give you an idea so on my book uh 450 for for dj 450 for cam are they six, both 450 yeah 650 for for neiman and after that's like gooch is 16 reed 22 like it just keeps going up from there so i know some people bet reed Casey, I saw a bet out there. Uh, you saw Bryson this past week in that long drive, make it to the finals. Yeah, lost in the finals. Make it to the finals. That's impressive. For a guy, I mean, long drive is not like what he does. Like, he's a pro golfer. The, all the other long drivers, that's what they do. Watching you know him what I'm do it, though, is pretty crazy because he's so mm. accurate with it. Like, you know, the key to that is bombing as far as you can, but they and it's very wide, but you have to yeah. stay in the line. Like, he stays pretty well inside the line every time, so he's doing it at a very high level to be able to get yeah. to the finals like that, obviously. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the thing is I probably wouldn't bet him just because, you know, that shit's got to take a lot out of you, like more than probably anything else golf related. It like, just shows it, though. With it, him, so it reminds I, me I of like a, the, the home run derby, you yeah. know, the, the curse of the home run derby where like the guy who wins, it just sucks at hitting home runs the rest of the year. I yeah. feel like, and because they're tired, I feel like this can happen with Bryson in the long drive. I mean, so I don't, I, I would fade Bryson. How about that? If we're, if we're going to live this week. Yeah. I, I'm not a Bryson fan or anything. I, I just say like the, you know, obviously it's completely cringe. The stuff about the, the wire and doing all that stuff. I like, thought that was great. I thought like, making fun of yourself. Him and his brand. That's what you should make fun of yourself. Exactly. Yeah, Do that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, or trying to say is that I just don't care. I think this guy did what he wanted to do because he doesn't care. He just, he's happy. He's really, it looks like he's just tr truly happy, making fun of himself, whatever. It's like just, him and DJ. DJ seems really happy. Yeah. They like, just don't I, care. I, they know I, what yeah, the repercussions yeah, are. Yeah, they don't they, care. Like, they I, that's don't why care. I fuck with them. I, I, that's why they should be easier to, for people who are anti live, they should be easier to look past 
because yeah. these guys know they know what there's no bullshit there's no lying i mean you know 80 90 percent of these guys are lying out of their mouth when they're like oh i'm doing this for the family you know, fuck you no you weren't you're doing it for the guy you're not doing it so you can stay home you're doing it so you can make money i got no problem with that that's cool with me just just, just don't bullshit me that's all yeah i don't have a problem either way like i said i think that that was my point with bryson that, but even if bryson said the family thing and people would be on his case about it, why i said it was a lazy take was because i actually don't think he's lying i think he doesn't want to play professional golf for the next 20 years he yeah. wants to build this driving stadium go do long drive contests make content have fun and do something totally different that's mm-hmm. in the same area a smoking of- girl have you seen his girlfriend oh yeah his new girlfriend good so, lord jesus that's what i'm saying i think the guy's having a lot of fun legitimately mm-hmm. and while it comes at a cost of these videos we have to see and all this stuff i don't care about bryce i'm not a bryson guy I never have been don't care but I it I it looks like he is genuinely fine with his decision and having fun with it. That was all my point was. Yeah, I mean, um, so I was in Dallas. I'm jealous because if I had his money, I would eat at. So he he goes to this restaurant called Nick and Sam. So I went to Nick and Sam's when I was in Dallas. Uh, the best meal I ever had in my life. I don't know why I'm bringing this up. This is every time I. What was it though? Okay, so this place is called Nick and Sam. So I had Kobe beef. Okay. Real Kobe. I know, uh, Tim talked about wagyu uh a couple weeks Very ago on, yeah. on, on on the cuss corner uh and i actually hit him up and i told him tim if you ever hang out with me we're gonna have kobe beef because it's just different so first off it's 75 dollars an ounce minimum four ounces yeah okay so 300 dollars for a four ounce steak yeah, um, started. So, 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 me and my boss, of course, I didn't pay. Me and my boss, we started off ounce of Ocetra caviar each, pound of king crab legs, chilled each. Um, and then we had the steaks. So, we, we each had four ounces. We had each had five ounces of the Kobe beef, which is $375 each. Uh, we had four ounces of snow beef, which is a Wagyu beef that they raise in Japan in like only frigid temperatures. Um, I had the Chateaubriand, um, 76 ounce Chateaubriand, by the way, uh, for four. Uh, we split it with two. Um, there was a couple of other more cuts of meat. I had a seven layer cake, uh, which is great. A Grand Marnier 100. It was a $2,200 dinner for two. Okay. And so we were at this restaurant and, um, what I realized at the end of the restaurant was there was a table of hookers next to us. And not like your typical, you know, cheap hundred dollar, you know, and I hook, these are like thousand dollar a night hookers, like, because they're at, they're at like a, a, a really upscale restaurant trying to get really upscale clientele. And so um, my, my boss is about to leave. He went to the restroom and I'm getting up and I look over, I'm like, they're like these four, I knew they're hookers right away. And so, of course, you know, me, I go ahead and sit down right away and talk to him. We sit down. We spent another grand <laughs> at, that ta- at that table, at the hooker table. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. $1,000 a night, $1,000 a night hookers. And the only reason I know that is because I paid it. But it was worth it. It was fucking worth it. And that was one of my better nights of my life. You know, basically a $3,500 dinner with four hookers and my boss and I didn't pay a cent and my, I can't even say this I, because people might know, I'm not going to say this next part because I don't want to out my boss, but uh, 
I didn't pay for the whole thing. How about that? Let's just say, let's just say for that. So, so yeah, it was, it was a, a very good night. And that's why I'm jealous because he lives in Dallas. That's his like regular restaurant because I was talking with the managers and stuff. They're like, yeah, Bryson comes in once a week. That's like his restaurant. And I would eat there every day if I had $150 million. It was unbelievable. If you're ever in Dallas, go to Nick and Sam's, get the fucking Kobe beef. It's worth $75 an ounce. Maybe just go home after if you're married, but yeah, stick around if not, because there's lots there for you. So there, he's just, uh, yes, there will, there will be hookers. There will be hookers. Where, let them know the people, let the people know where they can find you, Kenny. You can, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. Should be out later this evening. I give out a course preview, um, stats to look for, trends. Uh, and then Wednesday, I release any updates to my cash game cornerstone, uh, my favorite GPT play in each price range. And my final betting card, use promo code Kenny, save yourself 30% on a subscription to gupscorner.com. And uh, Gup actually hit another first round leader last week with Davis Riley. I don't, he wins so many bets. It's ridiculous. I don't know how he does it. Tambo. And you can find me, of course, on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Add me there. Lots of stuff going on for the NFL right now. Like I said, I got thread on there every Saturday. Tambo's tidbits. It's been great. Got some really good feedback on that one. Help me out. Share it around, retweet it. It helps get the exposure, helps people find me. Let makes me keep doing it, you know, for free. Obviously, it's uh, takes a lot of time. So definitely appreciate that. Find me on this channel, Mayo Media, Media Network, every Thursday. Got the show coming out for Thursday night football. Prize picks, of course, our sponsor here, and then DraftKings for the evening as well. Had a ship in there just a couple weeks ago. Had that, and then everything at rumpiersports.com, just crushing it right now. Uh, had one of our other guys locks last night, went over 200k. Hoop won the million yesterday. So you're not signed up there. I don't know what you're waiting for yet. Like I said, you can win with us or you can watch us win. It's been nonstop. Sign up at rumpiersports.com. Check it out. Hit me up on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. That's it for this week, Kenny. All right. That sounds great. This is the week. Roster every Korean possible, people. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.